Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Bi-Weekly Asset Allocation Report for May 8, 2023. The yield curve is inverted and recession is in the forecast. Recent history suggests investment managers facing these circumstances nearly always recommend longer-term bonds within the fixed income space. But Confluence Investment Management says this time is different. Confluence Chief Market Strategist Bill O'Grady joins us today to explain why. Bill, first, maybe we should clarify what you mean by long-term. Do you mean mostly the 30-year bond? Really, any term longer than 10 years, in, in fact, the 10-year T-note is the benchmark for long bonds. Well, explain why investment managers have in the past usually recommended these longer-term bonds, given the scenario I just described, an inverted yield curve forecasting a recession. Long-duration fixed-income assets see price appreciation when interest rates fall. And what makes interest rates fall? Well, generally three factors, all of which are correlated. Falling inflation, weaker economic growth, and easier monetary policy. Now, by itself, falling inflation will do the trick. When inflation falls, the yield less inflation improves, which tends to lead to falling nominal yields. But the fact that bonds do better when the economy is weakening leads to the old adage that bad news is good news for bonds. That bad news, of course, is recession. Sadly, inflation often requires a drop in economic activity to occur, but that isn't always the case. Early in my career, I got to watch the collapse in oil prices that started in December of 1985. Now, my career officially began in March of 1986, so the drop was still going on. Oil prices fell from $30.80 a barrel on average in November of 1985 to $11.60 by July. Overall, CPI fell from 3.5% to 1.5%, and over that time frame, the 10-year T-note total return was 22.5%. But usually, tighter policy in response to higher inflation leads to slower economic growth, which brings down inflation. As inflation falls, long-duration yields fall in anticipation of easier monetary policy. So then the question arises, do the markets fully anticipate the declines in inflation and policy easing? To make money by buying duration during an inversion event suggests that markets systematically underestimate the decline in long-duration interest rates or some other factors involved. Bill, have these managers who recommended longer-term bonds in the past been proven to be correct? Well, it depends on your time frame. Our analysis suggests that pre-1980, the gains were paltry on average. However, post-1980, following the vice to extend duration at inversion, has worked well. 40 years is a long time. So for as long as most people can currently remember, one should buy bonds in an inversion event. Those recommendations that we've been talking about, they were made during a secular bull market in bonds. What do you mean by secular bull market? Well, a secular bull market implies a long-term cycle because we also would have secular bear markets too. Secular cycles include cyclical cycles and seasonal cycles. Let's start with the shortest, the seasonal cycles. Seasonal cycles are very common in commodities and tend to follow short-term production and consumption patterns. During my years doing commodity research, almost every commodity market has seasonal patterns. Natural gas, for example, has weak demand in the spring and fall as temperatures moderate, 
and higher demand in summer and winter. Since these cycles are predictable, market participants embed these patterns into prices. If you observe the future strip for these commodities, you'll see these patterns. Usually the next longest cycle is the cyclical cycle, which is tied to the business cycle. Recessions, recoveries, and expansions affect demand broadly. Such cycles can be hard to predict. For example, we had four recessions during the decade of the 1950s and only one in the 1990s. It is in these cycles that generate the term cyclical bull or bear markets. They imply a shorter term change in trend. And finally, using that as a backdrop, let's look at what's a secular cycle. These can last decades, depending upon the market, and are usually tied to long-term economic or policy trends. In general, a secular bull cycle is one where prices rise steadily. A market price tends to make a higher high with each cyclical expansion and a lower low with each cyclical contraction. Every market has its own secular factors. For fixed income, the key factor is long-term inflation trends. A falling trend inflation tends to lead to steady declines in long-duration yields with cyclical increases in long rates tied to the business cycle. Bill, that's a lot of information to swallow. How long have we been experiencing a secular bull market in bonds? Well, bonds peaked in early 1980 and have been falling until recently. We now arrive at the crux of your theory. You argue that the fixed income market is experiencing a sea change, that we're now entering a secular bear market for bonds. You're still forecasting a garden-style recession for later this year. Now, are you saying that interest rates will remain high even when a recession occurs and that this diminishes any current appeal of long-term bonds? Well, that pretty much summarizes it. As the recession hits, we have seen long-term interest rates fall. Our expectation is that they won't fall much from more from current levels, and once the recession ends, rates will rise again. We could be wrong if one or two events occurs. The first is that the recession is much worse than we expect. Now, that is a possibility. Every recession is unique. It's important to remember that until September of 2009, we really weren't sure we were even in recession, although officially it began in December of 2007. After the Lehman collapse, which occurred in September of 2009, we had the worst recession since the Great Depression. Second, there is a possibility that the Fed could lose its independence and be forced, like it was during the Second World War, to fix rates along the entire yield curve. That would prevent a secular bear market in Treasury bonds, but the impact on other markets would be profound. Why would the Fed be forced into this position if the government's borrowing costs become unmanageable? Now, we could see a softer version of this situation develop where pension funds and banks would become forced buyers of treasuries. So we wouldn't see rising yields, but we would expect gold and commodities to move sharply higher and the dollar to fall precipitously. This is something that we have seen in Japan. A famous widowmaker trade has been to go short Japanese bonds in anticipation of higher yields. This trade has been a loser for perhaps 20 years, but shorting the end has actually worked. We are watching for these two outcomes closely. So far, we don't see, expect a deep recession, and there isn't a lot of evidence to suggest that the Fed is about to lose its independence. But we focus a lot of attention on outlier events because the portfolio impact can be profound. Well, you do believe we're in a we're in a season of higher interest rates, likely to stay high. Can you go into some of the reasons why interest rates will remain high? 
Well, the most important reason is that inflation will be elevated. We are moving from a deeply integrated world to a fractured one, not just in terms of goods markets, but labor markets too. Although we expect profit margins to eventually decline, businesses will still tend to try to push higher costs onto consumers. As inflation expectations rise, investors will demand higher interest rates to compensate. Now, what actions can we expect the Fed to consider short of lowering interest rates to prop up the economy during a recession? Well, the Fed's primary tool is lowering rates. The yield curve tells us that the market expects the Fed to cut rates aggressively. There is a debate as to whether or not the Fed will actually cut as much as expected. There are other tools the Fed has, but they are mostly to support financial conditions. Deteriorating financial conditions will reduce lending, but they are usually on their own, not overly stimulative. But supporting financial conditions, as the 2008 recession shows, can prevent a weaker economy from turning catastrophic. Bill, what key economic indicators or charts support your view that we're now entering this new investment environment for bonds? We have a chart in the report that shows a stylized trend in the 10-year rates over the past century. The recent breakout in yields would be consistent with a secular change in trend. If we are wrong, the market would need to at least fall back into the trend standard deviation lines. That would mean over the next year, the 10-year yield would fall to about 1.3%, which would require, in our opinion, a very deep recession. How long do you expect this new secular bear market in bonds to last? Well, two to three decades. Where is, Bill, the proper place then in portfolios right now for long-term bonds? Well, that's a really key issue. In our discussion of cycles earlier, there can be opportunities to extend duration when a business cycle begins to wane. But instead of a permanent position in portfolios, a long-duration position may simply be an opportunistic one. Or, as we have addressed this issue in our own portfolios, long-duration notes might be part of a ladder structure where we own numerous terms of fixed income ranging from the very short term to the very long term. In a rising rate environment, the longest-dated position sees its duration fall every day. As the short-duration bills expire, they are replaced with a longer-duration instrument, likely at a higher interest rate. This allows the investor to capture higher interest rates continually and mitigate the price risk. Thank you, Bill. want to remind our listeners that detailed forecasts for investments, including fixed income, can be found in the latest Confluence Asset Allocation Quarterly Report. And there is an easy-to-find link on the Confluence Investment Management homepage, confluenceim.com. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. Be aware that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler. 